Because right. winning is contagious, I believe. Absolutely. I think it's something that's learned. And there's this foundation that's already built. And then you can take that into business. You find a lot of really successful ex-athletes in business because business is a game. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and we are back with some of our favorite episodes called Whiskey Wednesday, where Dave and I have conversations about some of the personal things going on in our lives, some trending topics in the vacation rental world, and then we answer a couple of questions that you guys send in. So if you have questions, if you have comments and different topics that you want us to talk about, make sure you let us know on the platforms that you're on in the comments, DM us, wherever you can find us, make sure you send those in and we'll make sure we get them answered. And so Dave, Let's dive in, my man. You got hey, your notes always. I, I like know. it. You I'm know, excited. I'm excited I for this episode. You, I was but... excited for the last episode, but this one I'm actually even more excited. You're more excited? Yeah, more nice. excited. I like that. One. I like that when you're more excited. So as always, we uh, we try to talk about a little something personal, what's going on in our world. We dive into a uh, short-term rental market kind of uh, topic, and then uh, we, we get a couple questions from uh, our community. Uh, so we'll just dive right in. Let's so go. It's it's getting a, to be a little bit of a cooler in the evenings around here in I Utah. Fall setting in, man. I, setting I, in. Really, I want football. Yeah, I love football season. So football season is my um, favorite season. I know. I, I'm excited. I like fall. I, I I love summer. I like fall, but it's always a good transition. It I'm feels, the opposite. I like I summer. I love yeah. fall. I, I could be in the heat, 100 degrees. Sean, he he's like a 60 degree uh-huh. kind of guy. That, you know? Dave comes in, turns his uh, heater on every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to. We have to have meetings outside of the office, outside of Dave's office, because it's 85 degrees. I have there. to take a walk every so often in the summer to get warm outside. Oh, you know, to kind of thaw thaw out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of the of the fall, we have uh, you know football. We have sports. We have fall sports. I know you coach uh, you coach Wyatt's uh, football and basketball teams that kind of getting in gear. So that that's yeah. exciting. You know we're we're both highly involved in in sports. I, I had the opportunity to go to Spokane, Washington this evening or this weekend um, with my daughter. Um, she she may have an opportunity to play soccer there. So we were up visiting the campus. And may have an so opportunity. Those pretty, are, hey, let's <laughs> let's have the personal episode be on you this time. Like right, you're right in the middle of. I just Sophie's hope, getting just really recruited. So shout out to Sophie. She's doing. I mean, she's worked really really hard. It's so awesome to see. But you've been on the road a little bit. Yeah, she's getting. Yeah, she's she's, she's, a, she's a she's a top recruit for girls soccer. Yeah. in the country. I mean, yeah. she's going to some of the getting invited to some of the best schools in the country. You're going to number one in the nation this afternoon. Yeah, which we're going is to pretty BYU fun. This BYU afternoon. this afternoon. Yeah. We may have to cut this just short got, a little bit. Uh, hey, we're. Uh, I'm going to flip. I'm going to give me those notes. I'm going to. I'm going to start asking the questions. I, if you do, I need to wear that cowboy hat. <laughs> All right, you ask so, the questions. Anyway, so so yeah, we we're we're both you're, you're in the sports. Yeah. We we both played college basketball. Uh, you know, one of the things that I you know appreciate uh, about what I've been through in my career, and I and I assuming you feel the same, is what you've learned through your athletics and your career as a basketball player and how that's transitioned to, to your success as a business owner. We know that there are some big lessons that you learn through through sports, and I think they they transition easily over to, you know, owning your own business and, and the competitiveness and, and being able to work through challenges and tough times and stuff. So, I mean, you agree? What are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you kind of know my uh, opinion on this, but I mean, there's a lot of times where we're hiring and what is one of the criteria I tell you is say, let's look for some you know, yeah. former athletes right. that have had success winning at, yeah. at times. Yeah. And the reason for that is because it's hard. Yeah. Winning is tough, right? And, and doing anything at a high level 
takes a lot of grit, determination, and hard work. And you go through these ups and downs that are hard for anybody that hasn't gone through that to really understand. And not that you can't be an amazing business person without sports, right? right. But most most of us grew up playing sports. Yeah. And then some of us took it to the high school level. And then some of us took it to the college level. And then ultimately some some take it to the pro level. Yeah. You know, you and I were both fortunate to play college sports. And we look back and, and I know, one, I love team sports too, because yeah. you're a part of For something sure. greater than yourself, yeah. right? You know, there's, there's this aspect where you have to commit to things that maybe you're not always on board with, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you fully agree with everything going on. Maybe you don't. You're you're usually right. a piece of that success. But you can't do it on your own, yeah. right? You have yeah. to rely on other people. So you learn to trust your teammates. I love, it's another reason why I say I love military. I love people in the military. I mean, you're, you want to talk yeah. about discipline and, and, and determination and, and being able to deal with adversity. And that's what I love about sports, period, right? I love watching games, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like this drama that unfolds in front of you live every single time somebody takes the court or takes the field and and it's just as much preparation as you put in for anything it doesn't always go (laughs) exactly how you plan right and so but also so one you you when i i love talking to and and really working with and investing with ex-athletes because i know especially somebody that was that did it at a high level and was on in a winning program, right? right? right. Because winning is contagious, I believe. I think it's something that's learned. And there's this foundation that's already built, and then you can take that into business. You find a lot of really successful ex-athletes in business because business is a game, right? Business is you you prepare, you plan, you right. do all you execute right. all these different things. When you take the field or you you go to, you know, you go to work and you figure things out, it doesn't uh, it's like going into a game. It doesn't right. always work out exactly like you practiced, right? right? And right. so I feel like people who have been there and who have operated in that environment, it starts to become more natural. Mm-hmm. They're okay with the hard work, right? right? They're okay. One of my favorite books is Winning by Tim yeah, Tim Grover. And yeah. I mean, amazing book. And he, he wrote Relentless as well. And if you haven't watched those, 100% recommend them. But the, you know, the real point of the book Winning is how hard it is yeah, and what yeah. it takes yeah. and being able to really, and, and the discipline and the determination it takes. And so athletes kind of have to do that. You have to, if you're going to succeed at a high level, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're going to have so many setbacks, Yeah, whether, you know, you're not going to win every game. Well, not- I, yeah, that's what I think too. I think conversely, think of all the times that you failed and you lost and you missed a shot and you turned the ball over and all those things that are, it's, it's, it's so difficult. You know what I mean? Sports gives you both aspects, the, the highest of high when you won a championship or hit the winning shot and the lowest of low when you missed the game winner or you lost or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And I love the resiliency that sports teaches you because when you think you are at the top, literally the next game you could be at the bottom and you have to deal with that adversity and you have to figure out how to get back and how to work harder and how to deal with that i mean i you know you know you know how many times you'd go to practice after a loss and you're you're down and you're just like really are you kidding me mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out how to get back and how to turn it around yeah. that's that's hard and that's the same in business and owning your own business and entrepreneurship and all that stuff yeah you know and even take it back to the hard work like you say the resiliency to be able to just go just roll up your yeah. sleeves and get back at it. Yeah. And 
that's something that is really hard to teach, but athletes have to do that, right? It, right? Imagine how many times I remember in high school, I wasn't very good. I wasn't that good of a shooter. I wasn't really, there was a lot of things I had to do. I couldn't learn at going to practice every day. I had to wake up at six in the morning and I'd have to go to school two hours early to try to make sure that I could get my hundred free throws in and my hundred shots in before I even started right, school, right. then go to practice. Yeah. And in almost any athlete that you talk about, that was just to play high school and then yeah. take it to the next level in college. You know, you've had the, the the privilege to play at a really high level in college, way higher than I played. I mean, you were you were an amazing college basketball player. <laughs> your wife, you know, you guys have you get your, your wife played Division One college basketball. Yeah. Now you're seeing it through your kids. Yeah. Right. You've got. Sam I don't know. Who, what, I, I don't know what's harder. <laughs> I think it's harder. I would rather play than watch my. Oh, kids. for sure. No question. <laughs> that like it's way yeah. easier to be out there doing yeah. it than watch your right. kids because you're you're so like emotionally oh, invested so in them and. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But Anxiety levels off the charts. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's so fun to see because yeah. of the ups and downs. Look yeah. at, you know, Sam's, you know, he's, he's been fortunate to have some college scholarships and he's on a LDS mission. That's why you see guys, Dave drinks the, uh, the Coca Cola. <laughs> Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Yeah. And I have the whiskey yeah. on Whiskey Wednesdays. I can't talk him into the whiskey yet because my good buddy Dave doesn't, doesn't uh, touch the alcohol. But, uh, side note, but, side note, yeah. <laughs> side note. But, you know, Sam's got the opportunity, but you see how much hard work he's put in. You're right yeah. in the middle of it with Sophie right now. I right. mean, and Sophie's one of the you know one of the top recruits in girls' college or uh, soccer, and yeah. and she's having this amazing opportunity to go do some of those things. But look at the ups and downs, right? She, you know, they right. just won a back-to-back national championship with her. Was it um, U17? Yeah, U17 team. Uh, yeah, and right. It, the the game before the national championship, she's one of the best players on the team, and she blows out her ACL. Yeah, and you want to talk about like the highs right. and the lows, and then having to battle back through, and then now yep. now going through that wasn't. I mean, how many? That was only what a month ago, yeah, month yeah, and a half five, ago, five weeks ago. Yeah, and who's counting though? <laughs> who's counting, right? But the point is. It's a great example of, of right. these ups and downs in sports. And now she's going and she's still, you know, there's a lot right. of these schools that are like, hey, we yeah. know you're you're right. good. You're right. you're gonna be good. We're you know, she's getting all these amazing offers right now, and you're back into the you know, the upside, the upswing. But I promise you there's gonna be more downsides, Absolutely, yes. right? You know that. You know that. And that's when your back's against the wall, it's it's funny how quickly it can be it can be taken from you. And I think that's, I appreciate who you are as a person because you're super humble about where you've been and now where you're at because you know how challenging it can be and how, what the other side looks like. The failure, the struggles, the challenges, but also now the success and the winning and the, the great side of it. But uh, that's, I mean, we try to live our lives that way because we know how easy it can change and, and are super grateful for everything we have, you know? Yeah, and, so. you, and you, you you don't get too high in the highs and yeah. you don't get too low in the yeah. lows because yeah. you know you're gonna go through them. And I, that's why I love sports. I feel yeah. like sports is a great metaphor for life, business, yeah. everything else that we're gonna be doing. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it's just, it, it feels so relatable to me. Yeah. And I love knowing that, that what that journey looks like. I mean, it's partly why, like we named the, the company Vodacy, right? right. The part of it came from the word Odyssey, which is this epic journey with all these highs and lows and all everything in between. And then I threw the V in front of it because I wanted a made up name that had vacation yeah. in it. So <laughs> I call it Odyssey. Uh, that's but, awesome. But it's part of who we are and what we do right. and what we believe in yeah. is that there's always going to be those ups and downs. Yeah. I'm going off script here a little bit. It's not on my notes. Um, <laughs> give me one example of an amazing memory in any of your sports you know, athletic career. It could be in college, could be in high school. Any anything that sticks out, any any one memory that like you're thinking, wow, that was awesome. 
Yeah, you know, it was a game, right? I, I think of one of the one of my most memorable games I ever played in. It was a game that I was in junior college. We were playing a really good team, and and we were we were a pretty good team ourselves. But we were playing a really good team, and we we started playing, and we got down by twenty at halftime. And this will be why it's so memorable because of the ups and downs and the highs and the lows, right? But we're down by twenty at halftime. Came in, I didn't have a great half. I had like eight points, not a horrible half, you know, but I, I was sitting about eight points. I was a leading scorer and we were just getting killed. And my coach was livid with me. I mean, livid to the point where yeah. he was, you know, I mean, I'm at a, I, I was, I'm not a, I'm not an LDS guy. I was up at an LDS school and uh, a church school and you don't swear and do anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was, there was a few things said that we probably <laughs> had to say a couple, uh, a couple, yeah. ask for forgiveness for it. Well, it wasn't, yeah. a, it was an LDS you, school. They don't say Hail Mary's there i was saying hail mary so that i'd survive the damn lashing i was getting because i was a catholic kid yeah. but he throws this damn eraser at me and i ducked and he hits my teammate behind me and he was so mad that i ducked and it didn't hit me <laughs> and that so made him even more mad made it even more mad so anybody that plays sports can appreciate this <laughs> stuff right but, yeah. and he's like yeah take it like a man yeah. like get hit Just by the eraser the i'm eraser like hit you, your natural instinct yeah. is duck Boom. whatever and so I missed the, the racer missed me, hit, it hits my buddy and, uh, and he's still so mad at me. He says, you're not starting, you're not playing the rest of the half. And I'm like livid. And then he's still so mad that he looks at my best friend, who's my roommate at the time. And he says, and you're not starting because you're friends with him. And he was our starting center. So we benched our two awesome. starters. And so that is awesome. he sits me on the bench. This, so we start the second half. We start playing and we're at home and we're getting our butts kicked. We never lost at home, by the way. Yeah. We, were, we, yeah. had a, we had a really great home yeah. court advantage in the, in great, the school. Great atmosphere. Great place yeah, to you're, play. You're familiar yeah. with it. And uh, he sits me for about eight minutes. A college game, that's a long time. Yeah. That's half of the second yeah. half. They're 20-minute yeah. halves. Right. So I sit about for eight minutes, and I am livid. Like, I'm just sitting there fuming. Uh, as mad as he was at me, I was as mad right. at him, right? right? We were just like... And so he finally was like, we're still... We're just struggling, and uh, he goes... Get your get butt in. in there. And so I hurry and go in, get in before he changes his mind. <laughs> and uh, I had probably one of the best offensive performances I've ever had and in that amount of time. So I ended up scoring, I don't know how many points that that half, but I ended up finishing the game with 40 points. And oh, so wow. That's just awesome. killed it in the second half. We went into overtime, went into double overtime. And, um, and so one of my best offensive performances. And then at the end of the game, I have a chance to win it. We're up by two points and I'm at the foul line with four seconds left. And this, this was at the, at the end of the first overtime. We're up by two, four seconds left, and I have two free throws. And made one, missed the second. And they came down and hit a half quarter to put in the second oh overtime. Oh my gosh. So could have ended it right there. We ended up losing in overtime by one point. And so it's this... The memory is yeah. not because everything turned out perfect. It was because it was the yeah, it was this it was, roller coaster, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I yeah. guess that's probably when I think back as like it's kind of like you, life, right? You right? look back at some of these times where you're like, there's there's there there was like the whole gamut of emotions and yeah. things going on in yeah. that game. And so long winded oh, answer. Hey, you shouldn't go off script with me, man. Dude, these I love that. Long. That's awesome. But that is cool <laughs> that. That's that's like a true testament of what life is all about. Yeah. Whether you're in sports or whether you're in the business world, whether you're a father, whatever you're doing, it's it's you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs. Battle through it and come out on top yeah. on the other side. And yeah, you you, you put awesome. in you put in the best you can 
and then you hope that it works is awesome. out, right? Good. They keep going. Well, that's enough about us. But I uh, hopefully, <laughs> if you guys like that, we'll we'll give you some yeah. kind of insights on on uh, who we are and what we do <laughs> around here a little bit. So let's talk about a trending topic: um, short-term rental market. Um, one of the things that is kind of on everybody's mind over the last, I'd say probably year, is kind of unique stays. Yeah. Niche markets, unique stays. Tiny homes, yurts, somewhere that off the beaten path, not just a urban, a beach, a cabin, something a little odd or a little different. What's, what, what do you think about that? Is it sustainable? Are they things that you can you think will continue down the path or, or what are we looking at those type of yeah, properties? Yeah, it's, it's really good. One, they are super trending, right? Even look at Airbnb, right? They're, they're making this an actual category, you yeah, know, of unique yeah, stays and yeah. different, and they continue to add to it. And so one is super popular. These, you know, the yurts, the tree houses, the tiny homes, the, the Airstream, trade Right. So whatever, right. you know, right. you know, the glamping situation. And so they're very, very popular. They can be really high cash flowing portfolios for the investor, yeah. right? So if I'm looking at it as an investor, I look and say, okay, might be a really good option to get some land, put some of these, pro some of these, you know, whether it's glamping or tiny homes or whatever right. else, a lot of times you're all in is less than it would be on a stick built type of a home yeah. in a more traditional real estate, you know, portfolio. However, can you charge a little bit more for us? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, we, I was just looking at. In fact, it was funny you asked that because um, th th that came up because last week one of our members is investing in a glamping situation. Um, uh, you know, it's like I think they've got like twenty five different teepees that are mm, built out. Yeah. Each one of these teepees, it, it's just outside. It's on the north side of Yellowstone National Park, so it's very seasonal. It's just summertime. Yeah. Each one of these teepees nets every single year about sixty thousand dollars. Wow! And wow. it only costs about $30,000 to get the pad and the teepee out. Right. And so, I mean, you're making your all of your money back in, in six months. Yeah, yeah. Now, so I, when I say high cash flowing, they can be really high cash flowing. They're charging $400 a night for right. a teepee when you can go get cabins in that same area for the same price. So right. yes, you can charge for the experience, yeah. right? Remember mm -hmm. what we always say is when people are buying and booking something to stay in, they're booking the experience. Right. Well, that's a great experience. Yeah. It's different than what they, it's not, they're not a hotel. It's not like their house at home. And so it's this different experience that they've never done. So they're willing to pay for it. Right. So yes, you can charge more. The drawback or the downside is, are two things, is a lot of times your upfront cash, even though you're all in amount is less, you can't finance all those TPs. You can't yeah. finance all those things. So your upfront cash, you have to come in and be able to pay for all that stuff, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you can finance the land, but even land is harder to finance than, than regular stick-built type homes, right. right? So sometimes your upfront cash is significantly more than it would be if you went and bought a similar dollar amount property because you're only putting 10 or 20 percent down mm -hmm. so so that can be a hold yeah. up for some people yeah. right the yeah. other thing is is even though they're really high cash flowing they don't appreciate very like right. there's really no appreciation right. Yeah, right yeah right yeah. if you buy a cabin in the mountains you typically know it's going to appreciate over yeah. time these may not appreciate you yeah know? They, they they're just not i mean you're yeah. going to be replacing them in three to five years right. Right. and rather than looking and saying okay i you know and, and so you've got this this next influx of cash that you've got to come up with even though you're getting a phenomenal return on your investment there's nothing there that's building long term yeah right and, yeah. and appreciating so doesn't mean it's bad right you right. can look at it and say maybe that's what my portfolio looks like and wants to, I'm looking at more of a cash flow type of a business, 100% okay. And we've got a lot of people that we work with in our Vodacy family that do that. The more traditional approach usually 
helps a lot of people get into it with less money and be able to still build that wealth long-term yeah. with appreciation. Good. No, I, I like that. I think um, a lot of people ask us, and um, you know, you 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 see them on the the OTAs, the the VRBOs, and the Airbnbs, and so forth. So you know that there is some significant you know demand for them. Yep. It's just a matter of looking at the numbers, like we teach all day long, is making sure the numbers look look right and yeah. work out. And maybe it's an option. Plus, it's kind of fun. It's a unique stay, different. You oh know, yeah, my typically wife- a lot of people don't have that experience and staying in those, you know? We have a million dollar cabin up by Yellowstone that we that we sold, but when we had that, we go up there and there's this glamping, it's called Canvas Under the Stars or something up there and it's these it's these wall tents, these canvas yeah. wall tents. And I'm not lying, it's an argument every time we go to we our cabin there. that we have this beautiful <laughs> cabin on the lake and she wants to stay in a damn in a damn wall tent. I'm like, you got to be crazy right, right now. I'm not, I'm not paying. I'm staying over here. I'll pick you guys up for breakfast. Okay. Yeah. But, but it, the, that, the point is absolutely attractive yeah, to people it because is. it's yeah. a great, it's something that she just doesn't have. Well, and it's she's an never done. Right. And it's experience. Yeah. She's like, let's yeah. go do that. Right. Yeah. And so for sure there's demand for it. Good. God. All right. So let's get a couple questions here. Um, Again, we get these off of our, uh, our, our several of our communities that, that people follow us. So um, this one's from Ben. He says, when do you uh, consider selling a short-term rental? So you have a short-term rental. Maybe it's for one, two, three. Maybe it's five years. And at some point, you've probably accumulated some appreciation on the property. Maybe it's still cash flowing. It's increasing. And, and I guess there's some things to consider. Do you sell it and or do you just keep it as it appreciates? What's what's the you know what's the answer to that? Yeah, one, it's your property goals, Ben. Um, really, when we buy short-term rentals, we're looking to keep them for the long term. But there's a lot of really good reasons to sell properties. I sell properties all the time. You know, I, as much as I preach, hey, you want to keep the properties long term, you definitely want to keep them. But there's a lot of times where you can significantly upgrade your portfolio by selling right. a property. Yeah. And so there are times when you know you and I just did this. We had a property in Florida that went up significantly in value. We didn't feel like, we felt like, hey, listen, it's kind of maxed out, right? We've maximized the asset. We didn't feel like we had a lot of upside to go up as far as maximizing the revenue that we were making on it. We were making money on it, but it had gone up in value enough that we said, hey, we're going to take that capital and we're going to parlay it into a bigger and better property that we feel like now that's down here and we can raise the value there. And so we can continue to maximize. And so it's a way to step up and upgrade your portfolio by selling a property. And so I don't, I'm not a huge fan of selling and putting the money in your pocket. You're right. better off having it yeah. in an asset, yeah. especially exactly. if, it's, if it's giving you money. One of our kind of success stories and case studies that we've had in our Vodacy family for a long time was one of our original members that we started helping build their portfolio. And Jeff and Jessica, they bought this property down in Destin. They bought a property and it, it checked all the boxes, right? It was one that everybody ignored. They were able to add some value to it. It started producing really well and they added significant equity into it. They bought it for 750. They were into it about 800. This property was generating about $225,000 in gross income in their pocket. It ended up being about half of that, about 125, 135 mm-hmm. in their pocket every single year. Right. Their initial investment, cash investment was 15 grand and they tapped into the rest of that for their down payment into about $150,000 into a home equity line of credit. Okay. Yep. So after everything, they were basically in this property, nothing. Their return on investment was through the roof. Yeah, yeah. And so and when he called and said, hey, we've got an offer that we can net a million dollars in cash on this property. Right. 
what do we do? Because right. we're also have an asset that's paying us, yeah. you know, $135,000 a year in net income in our pocket. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a tough decision. What do you do here? So that's what we had that conversation saying, listen, you know, these are great decisions to have to make because neither one's a bad decision, right? Keeping that asset and keeping the cash flow, amazing. Tapping into the equity, build your portfolio that way, great. But what right. he was able to do is say, listen, what about taking that million and parlaying it into three or four exactly. properties? Yeah. And now by doing so, takes that 135 and turns it in to about 260, 270. Yeah. So more than doubles it by being able to take that equity and, and upgrade his portfolio. He wasn't gonna be able to double or triple his his income right. on that yeah. property. Right, yeah, and so yeah. he's able to double that cash flow by taking that equity out and building and upgrading his portfolio. So, my opinion, Ben, is that's how you look at those decisions: is saying, "What am I going to do with it?" and "Am I able to sell this property and upgrade my portfolio by doing so?" And I love that, you know, him upgrading to two or three more properties. He has now two or three more places that he can use as a lifestyle, absolutely, asset and yeah. vacation at. Yeah, I, I love that part of it too. Absolutely. So. All right, this one's from Ryan. Why buy a short-term rental versus a long-term rental? Great What question. are the yeah. pros and cons to getting in? Because we have a lot of people that come to us that are in the long-term rental game and want to get into the short-term or vice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting to see what the pros and cons are. This is a great question and one that is neither neither asset, you're gonna you're not gonna go wrong with either asset, right? I'm I'm a believer in real and, estate. And I'm gonna period. interrupt because I love that you say that because most people aren't upfront and honest as you are about real estate. Because yep. their only agenda is short term rental, short term rental, short term rental. Short -term rental. Yep. But you always say if if short term rental is not right for you, get in real estate because that's where you and yep. I love that because we love short term rentals. I mean short term and that's all we do. But we also tell people, hey you know, there are a lot of great asset classes that you can invest in. In real estate, period, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like I, I'm a believer that real estate is the fastest way for the average person yeah. to build wealth because of the leverage aspect, because being able to get into it, because yeah. of the appreciation, all those different things. And whether it's commercial, whether it's multifamily, whether it's long-term rentals, whether it's short-term rentals, yeah. they all have their pros and cons. Right? And something. so it's yeah. it. you have to decide what asset is right for you? Why do you want to get into it? One of the things that I love one about short-term and long-term is they're single-family homes, right? These are single-family homes, which means they're fairly easy to get lend. They're lendable, right? Yeah. They're fairly easy to get financing on versus some, you commercial know, and commercial, multifamily things, yeah. things like that. Right. So, so that checks that box. A lot of people are able to buy long-term single-family rentals, yeah. short-term single-family yeah. rentals, right? And so, if we, if we could make money in the areas that we invest for short-term, we would probably turn them into long-term rentals. Mm -hmm. If everybody's really honest with themselves, they're easier, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, it's just easier to go put a long-term tenant in it for a year yeah. and not worry about right. it. And and you know maybe you're fixing some toilets here and there or whatever right. else. With short-term rentals, we have to be really good at delivering an experience. Right. We have to be understand marketing. You gotta be up to par all you the have time. To, you have yeah. to really raise the game. You're in the hospitality space. And so with long-term rentals, the problem with long-term rentals is most of the time, the economics don't work in nicer areas with nicer properties. Mm -hmm. Just as a, at a very baseline level, one of the reasons that, that I love short-term versus long-term, because I've done both in my career and I've had both, is I was able to buy, my, my short-term rental portfolio is in a hell of a lot nicer areas than my long-term rental portfolio mm -hmm. ever was. Yeah, and that so, checks that box for sure. So I can yeah. own 
better assets. Mm -hmm. I'm a believer in you buy quality assets, period. Whether you're buying stocks, whether you're buying real estate, whether you're buying whatever it is, whatever you're buying to invest in, you buy quality first. Yeah. And we always hear in real estate, location, location, location. Well, short-term rentals allow us to buy in some of the best locations. Yeah. Yeah. So checks that box, right? The next thing is, is I actually really love to use our properties. Right. We love to go around and vacation yeah. them. You're not going to tell the wife and kids, grab your duffel bag, apartment. we're going to the duplex <laughs> for the weekend, right? It yeah. just doesn't, you're not gonna do that. I like that aspect. I like the personal use right. aspect of it. But that does not mean for one second that short-term rentals are better than long-term rentals. You, I, I know tons of people yeah. who have built significant lifestyle and financial freedom with a portfolio of long-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and vice versa. Short-term rentals, just check a few more boxes for yeah. me. I love, just to add a couple, I love the tax benefits of short-term rentals. And yeah. the quick, that's a great point. The, the quicker passive income yeah. um, on a short-term rental than a long-term rental. Long-term rentals, pretty pretty stable, pretty long-term. Short-term, you have the ability to, to grow your passive income. And, and really, that's part of what we teach. And you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of patience. And I love both of those things uh, from a tax yeah. perspective and, and passive income. And you so. can you, you really can accelerate the the maturity and of this, these types of right. assets, right? They mature yeah. in three to five years versus 12 to 15 years, yeah. right? The other thing is, is the size of the portfolio. I usually keep my portfolio between six and 10 properties. And right. people hear that and like, what? You've been doing this for how long and that's what you do? But to the previous question, we can we constantly upgrade that portfolio. Yeah. But how many members do we have? We don't have hundreds, but we've got more than a handful that are making seven figures a year. And I think the largest portfolio is eight properties, yeah. making over a yeah. million dollars a year. Right. And to make a million dollars a year on a long-term single-family rental portfolio, you need a difficult. hell of a lot more than yep. eight properties, yep. Yep. at yep. least in the markets that I've ever seen that work. Yep. Well, good. Why? Well, that's all we got today, buddy. I, I nice. enjoyed the conversation. Good, good this job. Is good. We good, gotta, good job. You're, I can't you're wait a good MC. You're, I can't wait till next Wednesday. Hey, <laughs> let's <laughs> you know do it. Let's, do let's it. have a cheers right now. Even hey, cheers. All right, cheers. Here we go. Good job. I appreciate that. Awesome. I'm not doing the cheers without taking a sip. <laughs> okay, good. All right, guys, we will wrap it up for today. So at the end of every episode, you guys know I ask you two things. First thing, pretty easy. Go give us a like, share this with anybody that you think would have any value out of it. Those things really do help us grow this show and spread our message. And the number two thing I always ask, which is always the most important thing, that is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends.